want to thank you for the opportunity to, to be here. Those who are joining online through YouTube, Facebook, or listening on the phones, uh, we're glad to join you. I'm glad to be here in person this Sunday, and I want to say thank you to the elders for their support. I was talking with one of them as I was discerning what we should do last Saturday, and uh, one of our elders told me, he says, your family's safety is paramount. Stay where you are. And I just was thankful to have godly leaders to take care of our family. Um, we probably could have made it back, but uh, we just chose to be safe. And uh, thank you for technology to work, because I wasn't so sure. Thanks to Brad, who helped put that together. And uh, It's easy to say, oh, just record your sermon and upload it. But when it's a three gigabyte file and you push upload and it says 13 hours to upload complete, I wasn't overly optimistic. Thankfully, my father-in-law was, uh, went above and beyond like he always does, and we were able to cut that down to like two hours. Uh, so technology worked. That was something that pre-COVID never would have done, thought of that. Uh, so it's not ideal, but it worked, I think. So thank you for your patience. Uh, also, thanks for those who are on the ready. They had my sermon manuscript ready to just read it to you, so that would have been plan C or D, whatever we were on. So uh, that's, the, that's the case. So I just want to say thanks to, to godly elders to, to love this church and my family. I want to invite you to your Bibles to Psalm 119. If you remember, I invited you. I said, bring your Bible to church. Uh, phones are great. I'm not anti-whatever. I just thought it'd be good if every so often just find your Bible and let's look, flip through pages. So if you forgot, that's okay. But I want to encourage you to bring your Bible during this series in the month of January. And in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 18, there's a prayer. And it goes like this. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. So I want to encourage you, when you get your Bible out or pull out your phone, which is totally cool, the verse of the day thing is great, so I'm not, hear me on that. So whenever you're ready to engage God's word, I want to invite you to pray a prayer that goes something like this. Open my eyes, Lord, so that I can see what you want me to see today. And so we're going to do that right now as we get into this time in the word. So let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are wonderful, and through your word, you counsel us through this journey of life. We confess that we are not worthy to come to you on our own power, but only through the perfect one, Jesus Christ. Please open our eyes to see the wonderful truths of your word. Open our hearts to receive the conviction of your spirit. Empower our hands and feet to live out this message with passion and integrity. Amen. God's word for us today, it's on page 496 in the Pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along in that way, page 496. Psalm 119 is this long, uh, long psalm, it's 176 verses, we have every verse hanging there for you, how cool is that, we're going to get to that in a moment, but Psalm 119 uh, has 176 verses, it's this very beautiful lyrical poem that has eight verses per stanza. And every one of those eight verses starts with the same letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And so it'd be like the ABCs on the Bible. And so if you look right above your verse 16, you'll see this funky looking thing. And then it says Gimel. That's the Hebrew letter 
Gimel, and that's how you write it. So if you want to learn your Hebrew alphabet, Psalm 119 can teach you that. So verses 17 to 24 each start with that Hebrew letter that kind of sounds like our letter G, a guh sound. So it's a beautiful poem that we just can't replicate when we translate it back into English, if you understand what I'm saying. Not back into, translate it into English. So here's our verse for today, 17 through 24, Psalm 119. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. The rulers sit together and slander me. Your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Your statutes are my delight, verse 24. They are my counselors. And so last week we talked about how the Bible's like a lamp. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Today I want to talk about how the Bible is like a counselor. And we're anchoring there in verse 24. Your testimonies, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. You ever thought about the Bible as a counselor? If you're a good counselor, you're going to be a good listener. And a good counselor is going to listen to what you're saying and to what you're not saying. Your counselor is going to check your body language and see uh, what's going on. And they're going to make some observations. And so it's important as we come to our counselor today that we have this dialogue with him. And the good thing is, God is a really good listener, but he also has some things for us to say. And when you go to a counselor, you're going to sit in those nice comfy chairs, and they're going to ask you questions. And sometimes you don't want to answer their questions that they ask. Uh, And then usually by the end of the session, they're going to say, now here's what I'm hearing you say, and here's some things you may want to consider. Or they'll ask you that question that you know what you're supposed to do. And so I want us just to picture us coming into the the counselor's office today. And we're going to sit in this comfy chair. And and God's going to be in another comfy chair. And this is his words to us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says many Christians are talking when they should be listening. So I want to come to this text of Psalm 119 in a posture of listening. So that we can hear what God's word has to say for us. God's word is like a counselor. And it counsels us in three different ways from our verses today. The first way God's word counsels us is that God's word counsels our perspective. God's word counsels our perspective. And so, I can, can I just say it's healthy to go to counseling? Just first-hand experience from a multiple different, different ways. I've been through counseling. It's very wise and helpful, both professional and just having some people to talk to. Usually you go to a counselor because there's something going on and you just need that third party to kind of give you that perspective, don't you? To say, okay, here's, what's, here's what I think is going on. And so a counselor, God's word, counsels our perspective. It's there anchored in verses 17 and 18. Be good to your servant while I live that I may obey your word. Verse 18, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And so God's word, if we allow it, when he opens our eyes, we can see some new things. 
And when you see some new things, you usually act differently. You're going to change some things. And so it says, may I see some wonderful things in your law. One of the first times we see the word wonderful is in Genesis chapter 18. There's this old couple, not my words, the Bible calls them old. In fact, it says that Sarah is very old. And he, in one of the translations says, and the way of women has gone past her. Aren't you like, thankful for that? But it just meant she was well past the age of childbearing. And so the writer says, Sarah is very old. God shows up with some messengers and says to Abram, next year this time, your wife's going to have a baby. And Sarah's in a tent, and she's laughing. She's like, it ain't going to happen. I'm way worn out and too old for that. And then God says this to Abram, is anything too hard for God? Genesis 18, verse 14. Is anything too wonderful for God is the word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. That almost sounds miraculous, doesn't it? What's beautiful about Psalm 119 is that these 176 verses, they have some connections between each stanza, each one of these little sections. And the wonderful is one of those connections. It's there in verse 27. If you just go down a couple verses, 119.27. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. Psalm 119, verse 27. You ever thought about how God's word's wonderful? And so when we come to Bible time, you're going to get into your word and you start scrolling through and say, okay, time for God. Would you just say, God, open my eyes to the wonders of your word. So we've got this cool display and I wanted to say a special thank you to our stage team to get 176 little bitty clothespins, one for each of these verses from Psalm 119. And so I invite you after church today, just come and just ponder. Just come over here and just soak up and just see what God's going to speak to you. And next week, before church, you can, you're, this, you can come up here, okay? It's okay. Uh, come and just have time with God's Word after church. For the rest of this month, while it's hanging up here, before or after service, if you want to come in during the week, if we're here, you know, when we're here, just come on in and just soak it up. You're welcome to. It's a gift, okay? Um, so what I want to do is I need... A, we're going to do this for three times real quick. Uh, pick a number between 1 and 176. We're just going to do three of these, okay? We're not doing 176 of them today. But I just need you to shout out a number between 1 and 176. So what, what comes to your night? Just shout it out. 16, I heard first. It might take me a while, folks. Okay. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. You hear that? I delight in your decrees. Well, not, I heard 100-something. What was it? 130? 130. 130. 162. 145. 115. <laughs> oh, 137.35. We might be here a while, folks. There's 130. Okay. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. God's word is wonderful. One more. I heard like four numbers. Okay, I heard 25. Uh, 24, 25. I am, guess what? You could follow along in your Bibles if you want to do this. Um, 25. 
I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. God's word is wonderful. So these are just beautiful prayers, the wonderful words of God. So open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. So soak this up and let God's wonderful word kind of get a hold of you. There's another place that we find the word wonderful, and it's in Psalm 139. Psalm 139. You know what it says? It says, you're wonderful. Has it been a while since you've heard that? You're wonderful. Now, you're not perfect. I mean, we're perfect in God's eyes through the blood of Jesus, but Psalm 139 says you're, you're wonderful. Psalm 139, verse... 14, David says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So when you get into God's word, I want to invite you to just soak up how wonderful it is. Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote a poem in the 1800s called Aurora Lee, and she says, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush a fire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. So are you taking off your shoes, or are you just saying, boy, these blackberries sure are good? I think it sounds like she might be pondering what happened with Moses in that burning bush, but if heaven's all around you, if we have eyes to see it, I was walking out of the YMCA Friday night, had a cool spiritual conversation. That's another topic, I can tell you about it. But he and I were, had this cool conversation, and then we walk out, and we looked out this way. About five-ish sunset was just amazing. Earth's crammed full of heaven, if you have eyes to see it. Twenty minutes later, I went to Sam's. Friday night, 5 o'clock, getting gas at Sam's. Don't recommend it. Long line, folks. But I was going to save that 15 cents a gallon. And so I get in there, and it seemed like when all the pumps are running, it's extra slow. You know what I'm talking about? And so I had a couple choices. I, was, I could be just like, come on, man. Like, let's get this gas in here so I can go. And I could have been really, because most of the time that's, usually what happens and I mean it's just like I mean it's crawling I mean they're slow and then they're slow and we were way past slow so instead of being upset about that not kind of doing its thing I did one of these numbers still pink I just looked at the sunset I wish the buildings on West White Oaks weren't there but it's good enough I still could look over Sonic I still saw a beautiful sunset. So me and God just had a moment. And so I was able to have the presence of mind to say, I can either be cranky and let my blood pressure rise for nothing, or I can just do one of these numbers and say, God, you're, you're good, man. Wonderful are your works. So would you consider praying when you spend time with God? Show me your wonderful works, God. God's word counsels our perspective. Second, God's word counsels our desires. It count, he counsels our desires from verse 20. My soul is consumed 
with longing for your laws at all times. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. My soul, mind, body, spirit, all that I am is consumed with longing for your laws. That word consume, most of the time you read it in the Bible, it talks about fire. It says that your God is a consuming fire from, from, Genesis, from Deuteronomy 4.24. God's a consuming fire. It also describes fire when Elijah's on the mountain with Baal, the prophets of Baal, Mount Carmel, 1 Kings 18, and he puts the altar, puts the sacrifice, douses it all with water, prays to God. God sends down fire, and it says it consumes the sacrifice. Fire is consuming. And did you follow the wildfires this summer? We were in Colorado in June, July, and it was, I'm like, it really is foggy today. Those wildfires from California had sent smoke. And then a few days later, it came back to Illinois. I'm like, it sure is foggy today. That smoke came here to Illinois, didn't it? Those fires from, from California, over two and a half million acres were consumed with fire this summer during a historic season out there. Consuming fire. Our desires are ones that kind of are consuming. And so those things, our soul can be consumed on fire for things that are good, holy, and pleasing to God, or our desires could be destructive. And that fire raging inside of us could destroy us, much like it did acres and acres out in California. The half-brother of Jesus in his letter, uh, James writes, if you want to find it in your Bibles, it's in the last part of your uh, New Testament, right after the letter to the Hebrews. But in James chapter 1, he describes what our desires are like. Verse 13, James chapter 1. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to death. And sin, when it is full grown, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So our desires can destroy us. Our desires can send us into some very dark, dangerous places. But we want to desire God, don't we? And so we're in this wrestling match. Yeah, I want to do this, but I feel pulled toward this. We desire, what does it look like for us to say that my soul is consumed with longing for God? Our soul is consumed with longing for God, desiring after God. Looks a little bit like a deer. The psalmist writes in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul, my soul pants, it longs for you. When can I go and meet with God, the living God? Psalm 42 describes that our souls long for God. And God's word can counsel us in our desires. But can we really say that? That my soul is consumed with longing for your word? I mean, is that really true of us? Or does this kind of get stuck off to the side or collect dust? Or we say, well, I'm not a reader. There's lots of ways to get God's word into our hearts. We can listen to it through a lot of different apps and things nowadays. So what's that look like? 
Well, how'd you find out that you like chocolate cake or T-bone steak? Did, it, did you find out you liked it by watching other people have chocolate cake and eat T-bone steaks? Probably not. Was it seeing pictures or videos? I don't think that's how we figured out we liked chocolate cake or T-bone steak. I think we found out we like chocolate steak. Chocolate steak. Chocolate cake. That sounds cool. We just made a new word here. Chocolate steak. Chocolate cake and T-bone steak. I think we figured that out because we tasted it, didn't we? We experienced it and we were like, whoa, this, this is good. I like that. I think the same is true with God's word. We, the more you get into it, the more you're going to say, this is good. And you're going to say, yeah, Jesus was right. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And when we do that, God's word will counsel our desires. It's going to kind of refocus our, our, our attention and say, you know, this is where I want you to lean into. I want to give you another helpful tool. It's uh, Right Now Media. We highlighted this last week. We want to highlight it for this sermon series. Uh, How to Read the Bible by Michael DeFazio. I had the opportunity to walk through the Holy Land with Michael a few years ago. Gifted teacher. It's eight sessions. They're about 20 minutes each. They even got a a PDF you can download for, for further study to go along with the videos. But that's something you can use individually, family, groups, start a group, whatever you feel led to. But that's an opportunity. Some of you have done this in your small groups, I know. And so you can testify to that as well. But that's one way for saying, okay, preacher, I'd really like to get in the Word, but I just don't understand it. This is a tool to help you. Uh, If you don't have Right Now Media, we want to give it to you free. You just need to make your own account. I can't do that for you. Uh, But you can either text BerlinCC to 49775 or just call us or email us at church and say, hey, help us get set up. We want to do that. But I'd love for everyone here to get signed up for that. It's a wonderful tool. Put it on your phone, your tablet, computer, smart TV, whatever. Uh, There's just lots of good things. And the Berlin Christian Church tab uh, we highlight, you know, there's like 20,000 videos, and so we're saying here's a few that we really think are helpful. So take advantage of that opportunity. But when we get into God's Word, counsels our desires. Third way, God's Word counsels our challenges. God's Word counsels our challenges. Life's hard, isn't it? God's Word will counsel us through those seasons. Verse 19, Psalm 119. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. Verse 21. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. What's beautiful about Psalm 119, and we've heard already from when we went over there to the wall, 176 verses, and almost every single verse has something to do with God's Word, the Bible. And that's true for every one of these verses here. Your Word, your law, your commands, commands, statutes, decrees. God's Word will help us when we face challenges. David knew what it was like to face challenges. You read through the Psalms, you don't have to go very far, and people want to kill him, people are lying about him, people are trying to trip him up. Daniel knew what it was like for rulers and princes to, to, to plot against him. They said they only could pray to the king. He was praying to God. They threw him in the lion's den. God rescued him from the lion's den. And Jesus, 
Jesus knew what it was like to have people plot against him, and yet he held to the word of God perfectly. Just after he brought his dear friend Lazarus from the grave in John 11, the, the, the leaders, the Sanhedrin, they meet to plot so that they might kill Jesus. So Jesus knew what it was like to endure hardship and challenges and for people to go against him. God's word counsels our challenges. Corey Tinboom knew something about challenges. You recall her story? She was in a prison camp in World War II and survived. She wrote this or shared this. I've experienced his presence, God's presence, in the deepest, darkest hell that men can create. I have tested the promises of the Bible, and believe me, you can count on them. I know that Jesus Christ can live in you, in me, through his Holy Spirit. You can talk with him. You can talk with him out loud or in your heart when you were alone, as I was alone in solitary confinement. The joy is that he hears each word. You know what she just said? She said the Bible is like a counselor. His word is proven true. I can trust his promises. And God is like that counselor who's going to listen to every single word. What are you saying to him right now? What is the challenge right now that you need to name before God? And saying, here's the challenge I give to you. God's word counsels our challenges. I've got a faded old post-it note here. I don't know if it ever had sticky stuff. I don't think it did. Wrinkly, it's like 12 years old. And I've hung on to it because it was during a time when life was hard. You have those times, don't you? And... Spoiler alert, but we're going to have hard times probably next week in the future. Life's hard. God's word will counsel us. But on this uh, post-it note, I came into my study 12 years ago, and it just says Psalm 69, verses 30 and 31, the reference, and then initials for the person who gave it to me. I've hung on to this. Why would I hang on to something like this? Because post-it notes you kind of are supposed to throw away. Well, that reference just meant a lot to me that day. It meant a lot to me today, that day to know that I was not alone and that there's godly people in my life that love me, love his church, love God's word. God's word counsels us in our challenges. Charles Spurgeon wrote, the best answer to accusing princes is the word of the justifying king. And a friend reminded me this week that every king in the history of Israel had counselors around him. If you have a king, you're going to have counselors around you. Except for one king in Israel, he had no counselors. King Jesus. reason why he didn't have any counselors? Because he was his own counselor. We celebrated Christmas just a couple weeks ago, and right over there, there was a family that led in our Advent lighting. And they read a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9. I invite you to follow along, because it's really good. 
Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The prophet says, Isaiah 9, verse 6, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Have we heard those two words today yet from Psalm 119? That's what I love about God's word. It's wonderful. And this was written in 700-ish B.C., 700 years before Jesus shows up. And this is going to be your name. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And friends, the Bible is like a counselor. And he looks like Jesus. And he sounds like the Holy Spirit. Turn the page or two to Isaiah 11, verse 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Good news is that Jesus came and he sends us his spirit, the counselor who lives inside us. The psalmist was right. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. God's word guides us and counsels us in God's heart. Let's pray. Wonderful Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would send us out on mission. Lord, we pray that we could just have that daily counseling session with you and your word, where we can just sit down, where you listen to every word we have to say, and you have some things that we need to hear. And so we pray for your spirit to do his work. Bring conviction where we need conviction. Bring encouragement when we need propped up. Remind us of your forgiving love and the strength of your word. Thank you for keeping your promises. Amen.